the Rise Up Sea Red podcast, all about the Arizona Cardinals and the NFL, featuring insider and outsider perspectives. Enjoy the best hour of Cardinals talk on the web. Now here are your hosts, Jess Root and Seth Cox. Hello, Arizona Cardinals fans, and welcome to the latest edition of the Rise Up Sea Red podcast. The best of Cardinals talk on the web. I'm your host, Jess Root from CardsWire.com, the USA Today NFL wire side that covers the Arizona Cardinals. After a week off, like the Cardinals had, it's Seth Cox with me from RevengeOfTheBirds.com, Arizona Cardinals site from SB Nation, and also one of the hosts of the original Draft Breakdown podcast. Um, guess what? It's that time, guys. If you haven't subscribed to the show you need to get on that right now. It's been a kind of a crazy schedule for for his co-host Justin Higdon, but they will be this this it, especially we are we're going to be talking about draft stuff, right? Seth, we're in episode 494. Here we're going to we're going to we're going to hit episode 500 before season's end, Seth, and that's pretty exciting, but we don't have a game to talk about, but we do have a lot of fun stuff to talk about because it was a really good weekend for the Cardinals even though they didn't play a game, right? Yeah, it was exactly what we were hoping for. Um, obviously, the only other team that could technically leapfrog the Cardinals with a win was also on a bye. So, uh, you know, it was great to see that all these teams that we were kind of like, who would have thought that f- that five teams that the Cardinals needed to win would win games. That's that's kind of unheard of, right? <laughs> that was insane. It was crazy. There were yeah, what was it? Four or five, there were five, four or five, four win teams. And and I wrote a piece like you know just, you know bye week content because the Cardinals were on their bye. They had the all of last week off, um, but with a th- they were sitting at the third pick, um, tied with the tied with the Patriots with with three and ten. Um, but the Patriots get the higher pick because they have the lower, they have the weaker strength of schedule. Then there are a whole bunch of four win teams. And uh, I wrote how, Hey, you know, the Cardinals aren't been playing with some things that will really help them for draft status. And, and, and for the record, you know, you guys know, you guys know that I'm not a big draft status guy. I'm like let the Cardinals win games, but, 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 but if they're going to be bad, you might as well have, if they're going to lose games, you might as well have scenarios where they benefit the Cardinals. And so you had all these teams that just had one more win than they did, and they were playing heavy favorites. And, you know, and if they if they won games, every, every one of those four-win teams that won just gives the Cardinals an extra, an extra cushion. Because, you know, they might win a game or two, but with a two-game cushion with, four games left in the season it means the cardinals can even f around a little bit win a game at least like a game and don't have to lose out to stay their draft status and so they can they can get take progress and not risk missing out on you know cardinals fans would say marvin harrison jr um because they currently sit at the third spot that would be kind of like like everyone is talking about will anderson last last offseason um everyone has their eyes on Marvin Harrison Jr., but, you know, it's, let's kind of go, this was a weird weekend. It was a weird upset week. I think they, they were eight underdog teams that won outright. That's absurd, one, from a betting perspective, but it was, it was so good because you had, you had the Jets winning, 
to pick up their fifth win, but their win also helped the Cardinals with the Texans because it knocked the Texans out of the playoff pictures temporarily. So that Texans pick goes from 18 to 16. The Jets pick up win number five. Um, the Bears beat the Lions. And now, now we know that the, the, the Bears are going to have the Panthers pick, which is almost locked in at number one. But the Bears themselves also picked up their fifth win. Then, then you had the Titans and the the Titans and the Giants on Monday night pull off improbable wins over the Packers and the Dolphins. Both of them pick up their fifth win of the season, and, and so all that you have left in terms of uh, you've got the Cardinals and and the Patriots with three wins each. Only the Washington Commanders are the ones threatening to overtake the Cardinals, say, if the Car- if the Cardinals were to win against San Francisco and Washington were to lose to the Rams, they would move ahead of the Cardinals through their, you know, weaker strength of schedule. But this basically locks in the Cardinals to top four pick, right? You, you, d- you almost don't have to worry about dropping out of the top four, which the way the Cardinals' schedule goes because of strength of schedule, if they are tied with the team at the end of the year, they will have the last pick of that group of teams. Like, if they had five wins right now, like the like the Bears, Raiders, Jets, Giants, Titans, and Chargers, they would be the one picking 10th because their strength of schedule is .557. They've, they've, they've faced team. Their teams are above 500, their opponents. Um Everyone else is below that. And so they would be, if, if they were in the same scenario, they would be the 10th pick. But now, this is kind of fun because now only the commanders are in their way. And so even if the Cardinals win one and the, and the commanders don't win again, they would still sit at number four, which, you know, three would be better. But four is not a bad place. No, four is not a bad place. I mean, it it becomes an interesting conundrum with what the Washington Commander skins are going to do there. But it does allow you to potentially move down if if they end up taking you know Marvin Harrison Jr. or taking the best tackle in a really good draft of tackles or taking the next wide receiver who's also incredibly good. So. You know, you have some options there. Um, obviously, three is kind of the catbird seat, if you will, uh, with with it looking like Caleb Williams and the newly um, declared Drake May will be the first two picks of the NFL draft. And so when you look at it from that perspective, three is where you want to be. One, because you kind of control the rest of the draft, right? Uh, now, the Bears are in an interesting position with how well they're playing at times that maybe, you know, they will move on or maybe they won't move on from. Um, but that'll just mean that they trade out. Yeah, but that just limits your choices. That's all it does, really. Yeah. Right? It if, just they, limits- if, they, if ultimately they trade out, then it's still going to be quarterback one, two, and the Cardinals are sitting pretty. Yeah, unless they're crazy. And not that I've said before, I mean, Marvin Harrison Jr. is the best player in the draft. But if, you know, if you 
don't take Caleb Williams or Drake May, whoever you think is the best quarterback, and you end up taking Marvin Harrison Jr., I th- I just don't see unless he becomes a Tyreek Hill level impact player. Cause I mean, we've seen what Tyreek Hill does when he's on the field for the Miami dolphins. Um, unless you see that, like, I just don't know if not trading that pick does it. And it's, you know, similar for the Cardinals. That's what you have to look at. They just lack, you know, the, the Cardinals lack in an alpha receiver right now. Hopefully, yeah. you know, it sounds like Michael Wilson is probably finally going to be back this week, uh, but they just lack that alpha receiver. So they, you know, they make, they making that pick at three makes a lot of sense. Obviously you have the historical aspect of, of you know, Larry Fitzgerald, now Marvin Harrison Jr. Um, but again, if, if the bears shock the world and take Marvin Harrison Jr., then you're in the catbird seat again, right? Because now all of a sudden one of those one teams, of those two quarterbacks is available. Yep. And, and so, so it you just, can, you can yeah. get a whole bunch. You, you and can, Monty can win the draft again, you know, like last year. Right. And you look at it, and I mean, obviously, we're not going to talk too much about mock draft stuff here. But, you know, <laughs> if you if you just look at the consensus mock draft and, you know, where guys are going and things like that, if you trade down to, like, let's say, Let's say the Giants. I know Tommy DeVito's all the rage right now, and so clearly they're not going to move on from touchdown Tommy DeVito. But you know, if they decided to move on from Tommy DeVito, and you go from three to eight, right, and you probably pick up what probably similar to what you got last year. Uh, they're they're one and two this year, and a one next year, and then I think the Cardinals also got a three, correct? Yes, yes, they did. Yeah, and so if you do, you know, if you end up with something similar to that, and then you're sitting at eight and you have your choice, I mean, you've got J.C. Latham, the fantastic right tackle from Alabama. You've got Brock Bowers, you know, one of the best tight ends. You've got Jerzon Newton, and you've got Dallas Turner. I mean, those are the next four picks from eight to 11. Every single one of those players is uh, a fit in what the Cardinals need. So, (laughs) you know, so you look at it like like Jess said, you win the draft again, right? You come out of here and you've got you know you've got a one and a two this year. You've got a a one and a three next year, and then you're like, ah, this is this ain't half bad, right? And so that that's you know obviously down the road, but something to look forward to because there are just so many scenarios. But as soon as you get to four, now things change. Just a just a titch, right? Just yeah. like just just a little bit. But four is obviously not the worst spot to be because nobody knows what's going to happen with the commanders. They could go for a quarterback hell. I mean, yeah. Ron, Ron Rivera is gone. They have a new owner. I'm assu- I mean, will you have a new GM if you if you move on from Ron? I'm I'm assuming, right? Like you're going to keep Martin Mayhew even longer. Um, I don't know, man. So. So let's look at let's look at the schedule. So uh, we'll talk about the Cardinals um, in the next segment, but let's kind of look at the schedules left. How many wins that we think each of these teams behind them likely goes? But let's first talk. Let's look at the Texans because that's just a different story. That that's not has to do with the top of the draft. That has to do with that second pick. Right now, the Titans are. I mean, the Texans are seven and six. Uh, C.J. Stroud, you know, concussion protocol, 
Uh, Tank Dell's done for the year. Nico Collins is hurt. So we'll see. Like They play their next four games. They play the Titans twice. Um, a Titans team that is interesting this year. They play the Browns at home, and then they end with the Colts, Colts on the road. Um, all four of those games, definitely winnable games. So you could see them going 11-6. and six. But going 2-2 two and two probably is... Do you think they win more than two, two of those final four games? Because uh, an ideal situation for the Cardinals... Now, I don't know if you can, you can hope... You can, sure, you can hope that they go 0-4 and four. <laughs> they finish 7-10. and 10. Um, But... I mean, that's what I'm hoping. Right, but, right, yeah. right, right. But reasonable. You just don't want them making the playoffs, right? Because... That team is a dangerous enough team where if they the, the way that the draft works, the draft order works is once the teams are in the playoffs, it's not just about record, it's about elimination and record. And so if they win a game, they're going to move into the 20s. If they win another game, they move into the late 20s. While if they don't make the playoffs, you know that they're going to be outside the outside the top 19. So so right now they're obviously at 8 so they're just a game out of of 7th place which would put you know which right now their division rival the Indianapolis Colts is in front of them. But so you you mentioned it you know obviously they take on the Titans twice. The Titans are sitting at 15th in the AFC which is absurd to think with 5 and 8 but they're you know 15th so second to last or in last place in the afc in the standings um obviously they just shocked everybody and beat the miami dolphins and that's what makes this hard right just is that you get a game like that where you go that was their oh, first road win of the year yeah you're like oh yeah this is easy call they were 13 and a half point underdogs and they were down by four or 13 points <laughs> with very little time left to go and then they came back and won so you know you look at that at tennessee you know on the road this year so honestly uh, cardinals fans we are big titans fans for two reasons because right. it, it buffers, keeps the titans away from us and they could they could potentially beat the texans twice which would give that you know if they if they somehow could beat the texans twice that would give the texans eight losses at the least minimum one. Yeah, the, and so obviously then the Colts, you know, we, we obviously they're gonna they're gonna play the Colts as well. So that's one to watch. Is but the big one to me is that Cleveland game. Uh, Cleveland's in the playoffs right now. We can't forget that Joe Flacco is still elite, guys. We, yeah, we right. forgot about Joe Flacco's eliteness. <laughs> and and they're in the playoffs right now, which is. I mean, their defense is phenomenal, so I don't want to. I don't want to take anything away from them. I mean, number one in yards, you know, number. They're they're a little bit lower in points against, but you know, number one in yards, and and they just beat up on Jacksonville. Um, oh my! Of course, gosh. before that, they lost back to back games to the Broncos and Rams. So again, we really have no idea what team this is <laughs> or what what to make of them. But you know, that's the key game because I think. If they go two and two, they'll probably not make the playoffs. Correct. Um, and that's like you said, whether it's you know sitting at 
you know, with the, what, what is it? The 19th pick, I think is the end of it. Um, or yeah, the 18th pick. So whether you're picking, pick yeah, be... whether you're sitting with the 18th pick or the, you know, ideally maybe like the 15th or something like that, that would be ideal. Obviously losing out is probable, especially with all the, <laughs> with the, uh, or is possible. I shouldn't say probable. It's possible, not, not as probable, but they have a lot of injury issues. It's just kind of laid out there. Yeah. So then, so then, you know, like you said, the Titans are one to watch their ninth at five and eight and you might be saying well why five wins well something we'll talk about later on but jess and i feel like the cardinals can win one more game but after this weekend you have to look in and go could they win two games yeah, because the and NFL two games, so that it, it, well rooting for wins we always root for wins we always root for wins but we also don't want the draft to get messed up so we need other teams to win just in case right because if they win two games at this juncture and nobody else wins um and and by the way if houston sweeps tennessee that's like a a double whammy right like houston sweeps tennessee and then they end up um, and the Cardinals win too. Tennessee would pick in front of Arizona, <laughs> and then Houston has a, a playoff. Bert, like you're like, oh come on, Tennessee, <laughs> just win one game. So Tennessee's won. Um, then you mentioned it. You've got Chicago. Obviously, there's a head-to-head there. Uh, Chicago's at five wins as well. They the Cardinals actually, can't afford to win that. They can't afford to win that game because there's the Buffalo right here. Well, and and Chicago's got a tough road to hoe. They've got they've got Cleveland this week in Cleveland, and then they have to go to Green Bay. Now the Cardinals is a coin flip, and then uh, and then they play the Atlanta Falcons, and the Falcons are as much of a, a coin flip as any team uh, in in the NFL, right? Like, I mean, they're they're in. Are they? No, they're not in the playoffs. They, right yeah, now. they did a bump. They were. They went from a division leader to out of the playoffs. Yeah, losing to the Bucks. So look, let's look at the Texans though. How many wins? I think they get two wins. I think they'll be out of the playoffs. I I think that'll happen. I think they'll just fade down the stretch. I think two wins is what they'll get, and so that's that's how I think that'll go. Um, yeah, I, I I think two, but with the injury concerns, I could see one creeping up. Yeah. Now, I don't want to jinx this, and then they go three and one, and we're like, dang, dang it. But I think I think you could potentially see one creeping in because of that. Um, I'm not going to call for just one. I think they go. I think they end up at at nine and eight, um, and then it'll just be you know who do they lose to? Did they lose yeah. to the Browns? Did they lose to the Colts? Like who who did they lose to? So. And, and I'm looking at the, at the Titans. They have Texans at home, Seahawks at home, Texans on the road, Jaguars at home. I'm going to say they get one win, and so they will stay. Like the Cardinals will avoid danger with the Titans because I think they'll win one game yeah I think so too and then um and then you look at you've got the Chargers which is a really bad situation all of a sudden right like I do you I mean obviously this week is the big one because the Chargers and the Raiders play each other so one of those teams ideally (laughs) has to win a game 
I'm not going to say they will, but ideally a tie would actually be bad. <laughs> yeah, a tie would be awful for the Cardinals. Um, but yeah, ideally one of those teams wins a game, and so you end up with one of those teams at six wins, and then you're okay. But let's look. If you look at the rest of the the Charger schedule, Ooh. if they don't win this week, it's going to be tough. You've got the Buffalo Bills, even though it's at home, you still have the Buffalo Bills at Denver and then against Kansas City. So this is really the only game left on the schedule where you're like, okay, they could win. On the flip side, you've got the Raiders, and they have the Chiefs and the Broncos as well, but they have the the Colts. Colts. They have the Colts smushed in between there. So I think this weekend we're looking – wanting chargers chargers we want the chargers to win this week and we want the raiders to win again later just yeah we don't care colts um and then you've got the giants and the jets and apparently the giants are never going to lose again with time that's fine quarterback uh and their schedule oh they play the saints yeah so they've got the saints the eagles twice and, and the let's Rams. Be, yeah, and the Rams. Now, the way the Eagles are playing, especially in the division, they could win one game. You know, and, and I, th- I think, I think the Cardinals are sitting good because I think the Giants will get at least one win in their final four. I would agree. I would agree with that. And then you got the Jets. The Jets have the Dolphins, who I'm assuming are going to come back around and make things interesting but then their next three games are infinitely winnable you've got the commanders you've got the browns and then you've got the patriots so i feel like they can pick up two wins in those games and end up at seven on the season perfect well and aaron Rodgers is coming back right all right so so then that leaves you know so that's everybody the chargers the titans the giants the jets the raiders and then the Chicago Bears, like we said, the the Bears, the the Bears this weekend were were. It's it's tough. They got the Browns, um, but, but from, Browns, Cardinals, Falcons, Packers. You feel like they can beat the the Falcons? You really do. And they could beat the Packers. Yeah, they just. I mean, the Packers. Like are they weird could beat too. the Cardinals too. So I mean, yes, but the, but then we don't have anything to worry about. Right, right. right. But, 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 but that's but, I mean, but that's also the part because we want. We do want the Cardinals to win, right? Yeah, that's, it'd be that's great good. if they that's, could pick that's up. That's good for that. That's good for building. It's bad for the draft, but good for the team. Very complicated situation. <laughs> now, let me ask you this: uh, the team right behind them, so the next team that they're going to catch is the Commanders. The Commanders left have the Rams, the Jets, and then no prayer, the Niners and Cowboys. <laughs> um. So, ideally, they get a win out of the way as soon as possible, right? But looking at it, you would think that that Jets game is the one to kind of watch, right? To kind of monitor because that's pro. Like, if they can't beat the Rams this weekend um, in LA, which is going to be tough with how the Rams have been and playing. The Rams are playing really well right now. The Jets is their their only shot because that's the thing. I mean, and that's how we started it. We want this team to win. We 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 would love for the Cardinals to ideally. I mean, ideally they go four and zero, and then we just you know razz about the fact that they won seven games this year. That's you know, <laughs> and but, that would you know I I, I called seven wins, but no, no, but that that also that that would. It, but 
But if they anything up, short of that, really, right? Draft but if but if they end up with if they end up winning four games and then the kick in the pants being that they lost to Washington head to head, but now pick fourth instead of mm-hmm. third, like that's the hard part that, yeah. to swallow. So you really would like the Commander Skins to get to get one more win in them to give you that buffer. So Cardinals can get to four wins. And, and then if they end up winning five, you just shrug your shoulders and you hope that, you know, the bears and the Raiders and the jets and the giants and the Titans and the chargers all won one more game in these last four, but you know, it's going to be a tough one, man. It's the, the Patriots. Okay. Let, let's potentially, is there just, a possibility that the Patriots end up ahead of the card. Like, so say the Cardinals win one. Do you think the Pats could get two wins? I don't think they, they I don't think there's a chance in hell. They I think the Chiefs are gonna come back and absolutely demolish the, the demolish the Pats. But they've got the Broncos, Bills, and Jets. Um Yeah, and I that's where I'm at too. Like so the Chiefs is tough. At Denver and at Buffalo is tough. If either one of those games were at home, I'd feel a little better. But at Denver, at Buffalo is tough. But the Jets on January 7th. The problem with that one is if the Cardinals have won a game, then it doesn't really matter to them, right? Right. And so that's where you kind of look at Good old Billy B. Good old Billy B is going to... Yeah, and the reports are out that he's done, which is crazy to think that, you know, one of the most successful coaches in NBA history is is done. But, you know, the, it it everything comes to an end, whether it's, you know, by age, by, by retirement, you know, God forbid, death, you know, everything comes to an end. Yeah. Um, I just didn't expect it. To, I don't think either of us expected it to end like this, right? No. No, with, with a terrible, awful team, just he—he's walking like if, if that ends up being it, he's leaving the game like so many players end up yeah, leaving they, because they just hung on just they a hung little on too bit long, too long, and then they don't get to go out on their terms. They're just like, okay, sorry, you're you're you know that the best example of that, Brett Favre. <laughs> right <laughs> that that final year was just bleh, bleh. yeah yeah so you know it, it looks like the cardinals are in an okay spot that, that that last weekend was fantastic so things should play out um should play out and and maybe we can as long as like if the, the, the commanders can just Win one game. Win a game. Win a game. <laughs> and that might be asking a lot for a team that, again, is probably moving on from their coach. That's yeah. that's the hardest thing is you look at this and, like, you look at, you know, just go into what we're talking about here. The Cardinals and the Bears. Um, I'm looking who else. The Jets and the, the Raiders a little bit seem to be playing hard for the coach. I, I think the Titans have turned the corner a little bit with Will Levis, but, uh, you know, like New England, Carolina, obviously. I I'm don't know what to make of the Giants. I'm, I'm curious on your opinion, but and then the Chargers, they just don't seem like they care anymore. 
like they're just kind of over this guy as their coach and they they're ready for a change and so that's what makes it difficult right because you're you know if you're not playing for your coach i mean we saw it last year with cliff right like if you're not playing for your coach if you're not playing for the playoffs what incentive do you have to play hard when the reality is there's a lot of opportunities to just cash those checks for four more weeks, not get injured and enjoy a long off season. Yeah. Yeah. And that's not something we say is happening, but like it, it does appear. It does happen. It, it happens. It, it, it comes up. So especially it's not to say that they go, any player goes into a game. You're like, eh. no, what happens is they start losing and they can't, they, they don't, they don't have the juice to compete after getting punched in the mouth in the game. Right, exactly. And that's and that's where things just, you know, go sideways and it's unfortunate. So we'll see how it turns out. I like you said, I think neither of us in our wildest, wildest dreams would have ever assumed it would happen with a Bill Belichick coach team. No, no. Coming up next on the Rise of Sea Red podcast, the best of our Cardinals talk on the web. Let's talk about the Cardinals. How many more wins do we think they get? How many wins? Should they get? That's coming up next on Rise of Red. We're back on the Rise of Red podcast. Best of Cardinals talk on the web. Uh, the Cardinals have four games left. Um, obviously, we still root for the win- Cardinals to win. Um, I, I we kind of talked about it. Do, is it? Is it both? Where we think that it's one win and it's probably the Bears. Yeah, I think, you know, it's tough. It's tough. And and so here's what I would say. I think the only game that you go in feeling in, in confident is probably way too strong of a word, but like feeling like this is a game that they should uh, be able to compete in is the Bears game. Of course, we say that having been assured of ourselves that they were going to lose to the Steelers and then they, you know, kind of embarrass the Steelers. And then again, you know, the Patriots followed suit. And so you, now you're like, well, Steelers, suck. never mind. We were, Jess and I were wrong. And by the way, Jess and I both thought the Steelers sucked going into that game. We were lauding Mike Tomlin's coaching ability because we're like, how's this team a freaking seven and 14? They're awful. Uh, you know, so it's just one of those situations that you look at and, and it's tough, man. And so you've got, you know, you've got a team that in the Bears where you feel like that's the game you can compete in. Um, after that, yeah, it gets uh, dicey yeah, at best. Like the 49, like the 49ers, they are. Well, we're going to cover that game this weekend and <laughs> guess, guess what Jess and I are going to do? Uh, like, not this is more about a chance. can they cover the 13 and a half point spread? Right. No, 100%. I'm with you, man. Like that's, <laughs> that's the question. It's not whether or not they're going to compete with this team because they're <laughs> not there. I mean, oh to God. be fair, the teams that are supposed to be competing, like I was talking about it the other day. Think about this, Jess, the, the 49ers are now the one seed in the uh in the NFC. The Cardinals are two and two in their last four games. Um and if you go back, you know, 
five games. Obviously, they're two and three, and, and but two and two with Kyler. The 49ers in their last five games, they've beat the AFC South leading Jacksonville Jaguars 34 to three. They have beat the NFC South leading Tampa Bay Buccaneers 27-14. They beat the then playoff team Seattle Seahawks 31-13. They beat the then one seed Philadelphia Eagles 42-19. And then they struggled this weekend and beat the uh, Seahawks 28-16. So you're like, all right, uh, 13 and a half. I'm actually like 13 and a half. I was like, that seems low to me. Like I would have, and I know it's a respect thing cause it's at home. Yeah. But I would have been like 16 and a half. Yeah. That makes sense. So, <laughs> so yeah. So it's, and it's, that's, that's the, that'll be the discussion is can, I mean, cause they, they lost by 19 and didn't, play like offensively they didn't play badly right with josh dobbs and lost by right. 19 <laughs> again right. can they do it? but that that's for another show um so yeah so the bears then, game i i don't know that like you look and like you want the cardinals to win i i, I think you want them to win one game right because you don't want after this two and two start to fizzle i don't i, I think as much as it would help with the draft and should New England win a game if the Cardinals were to lose out and end up at number two? Okay, that's that's really good. That that's good. But the momentum that they've gotten with Kyler back in the lineup, I'd hate to see that fizzle out with an zero and four end, which going two and six with Kyler losing the last four feels immensely worse than three and five. And uh, win over the, and then your the last three losses are against teams where you're not supposed to compete with, right? And and I'm with you 100. percent So you look at it, but here's the thing. I mean, ideally they win that game. We have to also be honest. Like it's it's a Sunday evening game. That's um, in Chicago on Christmas Eve. There's a lot of things going against them in that game itself so you have to look at it from that perspective now we're we're still expecting them to compete yeah um, we're still expecting them to play well but at the end of the day i think we're looking at a team that you know has has so many flaws that as long as they compete in that game i think you're happy if they if if they look like they did against the rams um, you know, or the Browns and obviously those teams are much better, but like, if that's how they look, then you're again, concerned. And the right. next topic becomes the topic we have to discuss, right? Because, <laughs> you know, then you're set up. If you lose that game, you're expecting to go three and 14. You're expecting to be a three win team coming off a season where you went, um, you know, four and 13. I don't think either of us would be shocked, you know, to see them be a game worse, by any means, uh, especially with Kyler only playing half the season, but it would still be disappointing. Yes, uh, yes, uh, uh, just the momentum because there there is a little bit of momentum when you when you do that. So, uh, and I was telling you this on the air, off the air before the show. I, I if if there's going to be a game that they win, and so if they lose the lose the the game against the Bears, I wouldn't be all that like I'd be shocked if they beat the Forty ers 
And I think everybody was. Yeah. <laughs> the whole world. And, and honestly, I think that Week 18 game against the Seahawks is going to be very, very tough as well because there's one thing we've seen from the from the Seahawks so so far. They've really gotten really good defensively, and, and that didn't show against the 49ers because Brock Purdy is just carving people apart right now. Their skill players are too good. Now, but look at the way the Eagles are playing right now. They have, I, I, what was the stat, like over the last four or five weeks, they have the worst defense in the league. Right. You, you, you have Gannon and Rollis going back into Philadelphia where Gannon was made, like, and you look at it, and our guys over over PHNX have asked this question. You're like, you know, the Gannon was a problem, right? Gannon was a problem. He, he was doing what he did with all the talent when they still got all that talent, maybe even more, and doing worse right now. And, and if the offense is, is humming a little bit, especially that run game, I, I can see a scenario where the Cardinals go in and beat the Eagles. Just it, that, that'd be the weird one to win. And that's where, like, if they're going to win a game, that, that would be if they beat the Bears, you know, then they might F around and, and, and beat the Eagles, and then, then the draft status gets into play again. But I, I, I'm not going to predict a Cardinals win, but that would be the one game of the non-Bears games that I'd be like, yeah, I could see a scenario where they did that. Yeah, and that's the only one you're right. Like, that's the only one that you feel – Confidence, not the right word. And even the Seattle game with, um, you know, even even the Seattle game, you you start to be like, ah, you know, not not too many questions uh, because of how bad uh, Seattle's played at times this year. Uh, and they seem to kind of be close to imploding as well. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and this, if they can keep pace with the Rams, now they, they have to, the Seahawks are in a really bad place when it comes to the Rams because the Rams swept them and the, the Seahawks are going to, they only have one division game left and it's against the Cardinals. And it looks like that's going to be their two division wins. And so they need to do some things. And, and if, and if Gino has to miss any more time, Drew Locke is, you know, he's just not, he's not, he's not as good as Gino Smith. And that's, and Gino Smith's not even that great. Like he's, he's respectable. Um, he's definitely not as good as he was at the beginning of last year, uh, but he's way better than Drew Locke uh, with that offense. It's different. So yeah, you know, that's, that's true. But that defense, that, that's the defense that I look at, and it's like that's a really tough matchup for the what the Cardinals are going to try to do. Yeah, well, well try and are, are only able to do, right? <laughs> Correct. Coming up next on the Rise of Red podcast, Mr. Cardinals talk on the web. Uh, do a little bit more. Drew Petzing putting his putting a word co- to connect to Kyler Murray. Is he the guy? That's coming up next on Rise of Red. We're back on the Rise of Seward podcast. The best our Cardinals talking. We get back to this question. Um, is Kyler Murray a franchise quarterback? Drew Petzing on the, on Adam Schefter's podcast said it. Now, he wasn't, he didn't, and I will say this, he didn't say it with the conviction of someone, yeah, he, he like, we're rolling, because he's only an offensive coordinator, so he can't, he doesn't make organizational decisions. But Petzing in the 
context that he can say it did say as much that Kyler Murray is a franchise quarterback. That they see the improvement is like, and he said he is that guy. He is that guy, and you know, you can probably both of us, those of y'all listening to the show, you can like, I am definitely in that. Like, there is no question to me that Kyler Murray is a franchise quarterback. Will he do everything that he can? Like, we've seen the ceiling. That's that's the thing. We have seen the ceiling of his play. And that is special. The question is whether he is going to take the next step rather than just being like once he's comfortable and healthy, rather than just being one of those guys in the five to 13 quarterback ranking, if he can bump into that consistently into that next level. I believe in I believe in Kyler Murray. I believe that moving off of Kyler Murray is probably a mistake um but then again like there's a lot about his play that you do like I know I probably overlook some of the things that he doesn't do well but I'm still in the I'm still like how how can you not believe that he's a, a franchise quarterback and how can the organization oh just a year after paying him can, can we not can we stop with the whole Cardinals looking like absolute buffoons well and and that's the whole thing is you look at it this year and and you know I know I know that these you know these stats aren't massive by any means right like they're not the be all end all stats but you look at it this year like you know Jared Goff is eighth in passing touchdowns Jordan Love is sixth uh, Baker Mayfield is 11th. Like, remember the guys that just got paid? Jalen Hurts, he's 12th um, in 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 uh, touchdowns. Uh, he's he's ninth in in quarterback rating. Right, like you look at the quarterback rating. Like Justin Herbert is literally just above Justin Fields, and people are ready to move on from fields and think Herbert's the bee's knees. Uh, Trevor Lawrence is, is 14th, you know, Joe Burrow's 15th. Those guys just got paid massive, massive amounts of money. So when you look at it, you have to understand that, like, or you have to ask yourself this, like, are you, and I, and I get the idea of like scared money, don't make money. So don't get me wrong. Like I, I truly do understand it, but like, you have to look at it and you go, okay, am I going to get CJ Stroud or am I going to get, and I won't even pick on Bryce Young, right? But like, are you going to get Zach Wilson? Are you going to get Kenny Pickett? Are you going to, you know, are those the guys you're going to end up with? And, you know, Mac Jones, right? Like those are <laughs> all first Jones. round. Yeah, Daniel <laughs> Jones. Those are all first round quarterbacks. So if you're going to move on, it has to be an upgrade and, and, you know, I like Drake May more than I like um, than I like Caleb Williams. I, I think I've said that even though on our draft podcast, but like that's my opinion. Doesn't mean it's right or wrong. Just my opinion on the situation. So when I look at it, you know, if if, if you're gonna say like you know, and to, you know, you can you can 
him and Ha, and you can create whatever stats you want to to justify what you want. But like, what I'm going to look at is I I want a guy that's going to be just flat out better, right? And so again, I know quarterback ratings not the the best statistic, but the two things obviously is I want a guy that's going to play longer, you know, so he's got to be younger. Obviously, we're talking about draft picks, so that's fine. The other thing is I want a guy that's going to compete in that top 10 every year. And like Jess kind of said, like the whole thing is from from 12 to 1 right now because of how non-Patrick Mahomes like Patrick Mahomes is playing this year, but from 12 to 1 this year is all jumbled up. I mean, Brock Purdy's number one in quarterback rating. Dak Prescott's number two. Uh, Tua Tagovailoa is number three. Kirk Cousins is four. If I asked you before the season, would you take any of those guys over Kyler? What would your answer have been? Probably you, no, right? Like Kirk, no. Maybe Tua? like Dak. Tua, you like? Dad, I don't know. Tua's I. I don't know. Daxon, I don't know. Brock Purdy's like no. <laughs> because right. like, like, that's the thing is like as great as Purdy's been and, and like and that's that's another and I'll talk if I can get I hope I can get Kyle on Kyle Madsen from Niners Wire to talk about this just how great Purdy's been but imagine imagine Kyler Murray in that San Francisco offense and understand this taking Kyler's skill set his arm talent his athleticism and his the 49ers would literally never lose a game. They would score 50 points every week against everyone if Kyler Murray were pl- playing quarterback in that system with those weapons, with that offensive line, with those pass catchers, with Christian McCaffrey. That is ungodly good. I, ca- I can't even imagine just, like, Kyler would be an absolute superstar. Um, he would, like... He, We'd be we'd be talking about Kyler and Patrick Mahomes. I am certain right. of that. Well, and, and you look at it like how many people were ready to run Dak out after last year or the year before or you know the year before? Like this is a guy that, um, you know, he's only been to two Pro Bowls in his career. Uh, you know, he was the offensive rookie of the year. Uh, sounds fam- vaguely familiar. Um, you know, and he hasn't. Dak hasn't been to a pro bowl in six seasons. I don't know if you're aware of that. And so like when you look at it and you're going, okay, like if you're going to move on, like, and, and that's one of the things the Cowboys have done is like, you know, as everybody said, Oh, you got to move on. You got to go find somebody else. You got to go get somebody else. They've kind of gone. Okay. But who, like, where do we get this guy? And that's the question. So like if you're sold and you as in the Cardinals, obviously, or if you're sold on Williams or Drake May or let's throw Jaden Daniels, you know, go Devils, Heisman winner. Uh, if you're, Some you know, if you finally have a Heisman Trophy winner. Right. Uh, if you're, you know, if you're sold on Bo Nix or, or Michael Penix, okay, whatever. But like you better for sure be sold. Like you better be like, oh yeah, this guy is, uh, you know, unquestionably better than Kyler because or at least equal because he's going to be cheap for four years right and so and so but 
to that point, that's where I've come in with this. You like people don't understand the assets and we've talked about the quarterback tax before like that quarterback tax is then paid in a different way. Right. And now all of a sudden that number two, number three pick, whatever it is, you've used that on a quarterback instead Correct. of getting a high level asset to put with the quarterback or multiple. We're back. We're know, back to the 2019 content. Right. Like, you know, Nick Bosa, or Kyler Murray. Or do you do? Would you rather have Kyler, or would you have Nick Bosa with Josh Rosen? Obviously, they made the right choice because Josh Rosen has done absolutely nothing in the NFL since then. And but. that was, and to your point, that was a hard decision and one that they had to make. And you know, they made the right decision. And so you look at it from that perspective, and you go, okay, you know, right, right choice at the right time. If you move on from Kyler here, we've talked about it. Like one, if you draft a quarterback, I assume you just have to get rid of Kyler. Like you can't yeah. keep him on the roster. So now you're talking about a You've got a, a bad team again. Right. You're you're a bad team because you can't add any veterans. You've obviously lost that draft pick that you've been hoarding. And so now what do you do and how do you go about it? Those are the those are questions that have to be answered. So we'll see how it goes. But you know, as of right now, I think I think he's your franchise court. Like I would label him. He's your franchise quarterback for 2024 and he's earned the right to prove you wrong. If that makes sense. Yeah, that, that absolutely makes sense because it doesn't make sense to do anything else. Um, That said, and if you believe in him and, and should he, like it's a, the other thing. Would a franchise quarterback do better? Do better with what he's done, with he's had. When you can argue, like before this year, while last year was was a mess, that any of the success that the Cardinals have had is on his shoulders and basically not anybody else's. Well, and that's the hard part, right? Because people, people. And this has been a debate for, you know, the ages of time. Um, but it's tough when you look at the fact that it's hard to remove the quarterback from the team wins itself. And so you look at it, you know, uh, Josh Dobbs in his time had a higher – uh, completion percentage, higher touchdown percentage. But they were one and seven. The Cardinals are two and two. Um, you know, and that's and that's eight versus four games. So Kyler's got, you know, obviously time to to make that up. And, you know, he's on pace for more yards and, you know, same amount of or just a a slightly under in touchdowns and less and less interceptions. Uh, but you know, when you look at when you look at situations, it's hard to, like you said, extrapolate that his numbers aren't always as high as other quarterbacks. Uh, now, you know, I think the completion percentage right now is is a a multi pronged effect. The first one is being, you know, obviously his getting used to the system, but, and working back from an injury. But the other thing is that game against Pittsburgh, you had obviously 
torrential downpour. And so the the overall statistics from the game, I think from a completion percentage standpoint and, and yardage were a little, you know, off in that game, just from, you know, from the whole situation. Um, that being said, it you know, he was probably the best quarterback in the game. And I know people will be like, well, that's not saying much. You got Kenny Pickett and Mitchell Trubisky and blah, blah, blah. But, you know, those again are like, unless you're going to be like, hey, we're getting, you know, we're getting uh, Patrick Mahomes or we're getting Josh Allen or we're getting, you know, this quarterback. Like, I, I just don't know how you justify or you go in with with the hey you know we got to move on from him that's that's where i'm at like i just i just like i said i feel like he's earned the right to fail before you move on right that 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 makes a lot of sense coming up next on the rise up here at podcast of a serve cardinals talk on the web one last segment we talk about the team what do we need to see from the cardinals in the last four games of the year that's coming up next on rise up c red we're back on the Rise Up Red podcast of a serve Cardinals talk on the web. What do we need to see in the final four games? We don't necessarily need to see wins, and, and one, one measure, measure of thought would say we don't want to see wins, but what do we need to see? And I think I think that I, we have to look at number one is, is Kyler, and we need to see somewhere that ceiling show up. We need a stretch of a game, or there needs to be a like a game or a part of a game where that ceiling that we saw in 2021 shows up. Um, it doesn't have to be for a full game. It doesn't mean a blowout win. It doesn't mean a comeback win. It means that the the Kyler that we saw shows up again, and it's not just the like the grinded out, like the the gritty win against Atlanta, or the or the methodical, like that. I guess the more gritty there, Ed, Kyler looked better in that first game, and then against Pittsburgh, he really it was that was that was a, that was an impressive one to me because it was a grinded out win that he sort of tailored that that 99 yard drive but i want to see holy crap this is holy crap he's back i want to see that for a stretch of a game whether it's a quarter whether it's a half maybe a full game maybe you know show that in that one win that they get or or that their defense is so bad and they get boat raced by they, they just the defense can't do anything against san francisco but, but Kyler's, yeah, you know, Kyler, Kyler is is matching Purdy throw for throw, and it and it comes down to the end. They just run out of gas, and it's you know it's thirty four to thirty. Like right. I want a game where I look and say, "There it is. We saw it again." It, it it wasn't just he looked good. It was oh my gosh, he's great again. Yeah, and I think that's a a realistic thing to want to see. I think the other thing you want to see is is somebody step up consistently in the receiving core frankly we need holly hollywood has to do something if there's if there's a future for him with the team 
And, and maybe there's something that there's already an understanding, but you can't you can't go into next year expecting Hollywood to be one of your top or uh, like a one or a one A, one B with how he's played over the last several weeks. We need a big game. We need a big game. We need a big game with Kyler and Hollywood doing it together. Because I think we I say Trey McBride, fantastic. We've seen enough of some of the younger guys, and I think that's for the kind of the focus the rest of the way is you want to see the young guys really making strides. But my goodness, we need we need Hollywood to do something. Yeah, so I think that I think you mentioned Trey. I would like to just see him continue to prove that he's an alpha because you know, you look at the best teams and and obviously a guy like Mahomes, you know isn't even able to overcome what he's dealing with right now but you look at it and they're typically four or five guys deep right like they have guys coming from a number of different areas so that's going to be the big thing uh, for them moving forward so you know trey's got a show and i think he has this year but you obviously want him to finish strong the last four games that he is a you know he's a legitimate pro bowl level type of alpha tight end uh because then all of a sudden it's like okay you know if you get hollywood as well like you said then all of a sudden it's like hey if you get that one guy if you get uh one singular guy to be the number one uh you've got a couple twos and threes in in hollywood and and michael wilson hopefully obviously michael wilson we want to see him stay healthy but i think that's obviously one of the other things we want to see michael wilson because he looked so good early be on the field make plays again but i think you and i are also of the uh opinion right now for the for the wilson pick is that while we want to see him playing and play well, we also are at the point where we kind of need to see him or or like, I don't want to say it this way because it, it comes off as bad, but like you almost are at the point where you just are like, hey, you know, if you get anything from him, it's a bonus because he just doesn't stay healthy enough, right? Like, like you said, when you pointed it out, like he's never even been healthy in college. Um, and so, you know, health is the big thing for him. And, and so how do you, you know, how do you fight through that? And how do you continue to see more from that? Um, then on the defensive side of the ball, I think there's a couple of things you want to continue to see effort. You want to see growth, uh, you know, you want to see B.J. Ojolari continue to take steps. You know, if if he is a a really good secondary rusher or even if he gets to that top rusher status, which is asking a lot, let's be completely <laughs> yeah. honest. Um, you know, you you have to look at it and, and see how that goes. From there, you know. We haven't seen much the, from Zavin. Zavin... He, yeah, and he'll be back next year. It's just depending on where. But you look at Zavin, like where does he play? Where does he fit in? I think you look at the corners and you want to see one of those guys continue to grow, whether it be Garrett Williams or Keechel Clark. Obviously, if they both play well, that's a bonus. But if you get one of those guys, yes, it, it's huge going into the offseason, you know, because all of a sudden now you're piecing together and you're saying, hey, we've got a, uh, you know, we've got this guy in – and 
B.J. Ogilary, we've got this guy, and let's just say uh, Garrett Williams. Like, all of a sudden, you're like, hey, we've got some pieces. Now we need more. Um, and then I think you just want to see health, right? You want to continue, like Paris Johnson, continue that trend of, of playing well, being a good ball player, um, and finish the season strong and healthy. I think that's one of the big things that we're always looking at. But, uh, you know, you want to see you want to see Kyler obviously finish the season healthy yes. because – because then that, you know, that becomes a whole nother debate, right? If, if God forbid anything happens to him again. So these, these are all situations where uh, these are things you're going to be looking at. But for now, I, you know, I think the big thing that you're looking at is how does this, how does this team continue to feed off of Jonathan Gannon? Does this team respect in? And, you know, I talked a little bit about it earlier. Um, you've got you've got guys that are teams that are just, you know, kind of they're done and they're giving up on their coach. And we don't want to see that for the Cardinals. We want to see them continue to play hard, continue to grow, even if that doesn't mean wins and just and I've spelled it out, we think they got one more in them, but even if that doesn't lead to wins, you see the positive and you see the vision, um, you know, and it's a lot easier to talk about that after the Pittsburgh game than it was after the LA game. Right. <laughs> yeah, certainly. All right. With that, we will wrap up this edition of the show. Episode 494. Um, we will be back again later this week for our our picks, pre- our preview picks and predictions and prop bets and all of that fun stuff for Cardinals 49ers. And I will, I, I, I'm, I'm almost certain I'll be able to because Kyle's never told me no, but I hope to get a show later on the week to, with Kyle Madsen as well. That's Seth Cox. I'm Jess Root. This is Rise Up Seared Podcast. Thanks for listening. As always, we'll be back again soon. Thanks for listening to the latest edition of the Rise Up Sea Red podcast. Listen to previous episodes and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, Audioboom, or many other podcast platforms so shows are delivered directly to your mobile device. Please give the show a five-star rating and always support the sponsors who support the show. We'll be back soon for the best hour of Cardinals talk on the web. Rise Up Red Sea, Be Red Sea Red, and of course, Rise Up Sea Red. Sea Red.